You're listening to the Gamer Podcast. I'm Eric from the Gamer.com editorial team, and this week we're starting with the biggest news stories of the week, and after that we get into our reviews for Stray, Power Wash Simulator, and the Multiverses Open Beta. Let's go! Welcome to the show. Andrew King is here. Izzy Vanderveld is here. Hello, Eric. We're going to have a great time today, y'all. Yeah. I'm not going to get yeah. mad. I'm not going to flip my gamer lid. <laughs> Doubt. No. It's just the news. It's just the news. It can't uh, hurt us. It's just it the news. It can't hurt us. Yeah. Uh, we've got good news. We've got bad news. If you stick around later, we're talking about video games. And you know what? I think they're going to be some good ones. Mm-hmm. First of all, okay, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. We're all aware of Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2? We are. We're eagerly awaiting it. At least I am. I don't know about Izzy. I, I can't keep up. The titles are all so similar. <laughs> this, <laughs> is the that this is the okay, one that yeah. matters. This is the one that matters. This is the big kahuna. The big yeah. one. All right. uh, tumultuous development cycle, to say the least. Uh, originally, this game was being made by... Hardsuit Labs. Hardsuit Labs was removed by the publisher for unknown reasons uh, several months after many of the key creatives left at the same time. Right. Uh, The publisher, which I I think is White Wolf, right? Paradox. Oh, Paradox. Right. Paradox said, don't worry. We're starting over. We're, Mm. We're giving the game to a very competent studio. Paradox the uh, Sissy Builder publishes. Yes, the oh. strategy game yeah. publishers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, would not say who that studio was at the time. Uh, a very reputable and talented team is what they said. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, uh, at the request of many tweeters, we often have tweeters to thank for information we get uh paradox ceo frederick wester responded to is does this game still exist where's this game what's going on Mm -hmm. uh he said i get this question on twitter every now and then which i think he means every single day (laughs) and (laughs) he's and he said basically Bloodline, or literally, Bloodlines 2 is in development, and we will let you know more when we're ready. Mm-hmm. The game is in good hands, and we look forward to showing you more when the team and the game is ready. I have some questions. Mm-hmm. Yes, For, I, I do too. What are your questions? Well, I think the big question is, who's making this video game? Right. Why, why are, are they not revealing it? Who are these very talented and capable and good hands? Mm-hmm. That's weird, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing has been weird. I just, I have a hard time believing that it was in such bad shape under its previous stewardship that it was, I just have a hard time imagining the situation where it was in such bad shape that it was necessary to kick the team off and give it to another team. I mean, I, understand that like a publisher is concerned with you know money and so if like they 
I'm sure saw a reason that that was necessary if they decided to delay this big flagship title for years to mm-hmm. have another team develop it. But I just have a hard time seeing what the situation would be that would necessitate that. And the whole thing is such a ticking t- time bomb too, because like we're going to get this whole story. Mm-hmm. It's just, this is how these things work. Like, hard suit labs people are going to talk people that are at whatever this new studio is are going to talk like we're going to figure mm-hmm. out what's going on and then it's going to be even worse mm-hmm. um because because this if you don't recall this killed hard suit labs mm-hmm. like i i don't know if there's like some kind of skeleton crew that's like working on anything but they laid off like everyone right um yeah they didn't did they, they, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy that was the creative director on this before he left, who had also worked on the previous game, but he was kicked off the project and then other creatives left willingly after that, I think. The creative directors, Brian Mitsoto and Kai right. Clooney were both fired. Whoa. Yes, and then Kara Ellison, who is a writer on it, left the project in 2020 after that happened. Right. What is Vampire the Masquerade's plot? I-, I thought it was a kind of RPG sort of thing. Because it is, I yeah. do recognize the name Hardsuit. Hardsuit did Killing Floor 2. Mm. So it's the-, the devs of Killing Floor 2 mm. <laughs> and the publisher behind things like, <laughs> the, the like cl- Surviving Mars making a a vampire RPG. That sounds like a weird. Well, the the key creative team were all people that worked on the original, uh, and they had pitched, they had pitched the publisher or the rights holder of World of Darkness to to do this sequel. Right, right. So they had wanted to do it for for a very long time. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. And now they're not a... doing it, and we don't know who's doing it. Yes, well, did yeah. you play the? Did you play the Outer Worlds? No, not Outer Worlds. I played Outer Wilds. Okay. The um the creative team behind the original Vampire the Masquerade was the two dudes that were the you know directors of Outer Worlds. They also oh, have worked cool. on um the original. They created the original Fallout games. Awesome. One of them worked on New Vegas, one of them worked on Diablo 3. Um so they're RPG guys that like go way back in terms of like choice based, mm. you know, That's narrative cool. RPG yeah. stuff. To answer your question, Bloodlines is a very like Deus Ex like uh, RPG immersive sim. Yeah, because the original is old, isn't it? Yeah, it's two thousand four. It came out came out the same day as Half Half Life Two. Oh wow, Half Life Two. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, great, but great beloved. Game. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody that knows it loves yeah, it. I've always heard good things. So, okay, uh, some good news. Blizzard Albany QA workers announced plans to unionize. Yeah, right. Hell yeah. Uh, this is following the Raven QA team's uh, successful union effort. Um, and this is exactly the kind of momentum we were hoping for. Yeah, right. You know? um, yeah. One this studio. Is the Vicarious like, Visions team, right? Like Blizzard Albany is Vicarious Visions. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure okay. that's right. Yeah, who I'm sure aren't thrilled about becoming Blizzard Albany in the first place, right? <laughs> right. So, um, 
yeah, this is this is how these things work. When one team unionizes, they have all this information that they have gathered and all these lessons they've learned from doing it. They share mm-hmm. it with other groups that are in similar situations. And then more and more teams and uh, companies and, and developers find out how to do it. And then they do it. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, it starts with the most underpaid and marginalized groups, the QA teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but then hopefully we see this lead into into every uh, section of game dev. So I'm right. I'm proud of this team, and I you know I I know they're going to be successful. Yeah, the hope. I mean, the real big hope is that unionization efforts just continue to spread. I mean, like in Starbucks, it like. It was like last year, it was like a few unionized. And now it's like hundreds of locations have unionized. Yeah. And that is how they gain power. Because if it's just one location or one QA team, the corporation can say, okay, well, we're shutting down that location. Like that's what Chipotle is doing with one of their locations that unionize. They're shutting it down. Yeah, Starbucks and, said that a lot too. Yeah. And the way you get around that is by unionizing all of them so that they can't do that. You know, and so hopefully the games industry takes a page out of the, you know, the workbook that they've been, or the the playbook that they've been running in um, fast food and just unionizes everything so that Activision doesn't have the option to do that. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's good news. Well, we will be keeping like a very close eye on this because you have, we... It's not even an assumption. It's just a matter of fact that uh, Activision will do whatever it can to stop this from happening. Oh, yeah, like they did with um, Raven. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so um, show them your sport. If you you see stuff about this online, retweet it. Like, that stuff does help. It Mm -hmm. it, it really does. Uh, Okay, John Romero uh, of Doom fame announced he's making a new FPS. Yeah, exciting. Uh, this is very cool. I like when these legacy dudes say, I got one more in me or whatever. (laughs) Not that he's going to like die after this or anything, but, (laughs) um, I I mean, what was, what was John Romero's last game? Does anyone know? Um, he worked on Empire of Sin with his, his wife, Brenda Romero was the lead Mm -hmm. of that. And he worked on it with her, but I think that is their last thing that they, they did. He was in mobile games for a while. Um, I yeah. think his last, F- his last FPS might be Daikatana, but I'm not for sure. I met, I met the two of them um, at a game convention. I was really lovely. Oh, you did? That's cool. Yeah, like a few years ago. They both just, like, even though they, like, kind of look quite distinctive, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't do the whole, like, dickhead rock star thing. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, like they don't feel like Troy Baker and like um, uh, the other main guy, Naughty Dog, uh, Neil Druckmann. Like, they just, they just seem super grounded and down to earth, and just like, yeah, we've made some of the the most famous video games ever known. But you know, we we love video games. We're just here at this convention, like you guys. <laughs> yeah, just really lovely, sweet people. Right. Okay. So the last thing he did was Sigil, which was the unofficial fifth episode of Doom, which was mm. in 2019. That was the last FPS he did. Right. And then he helped his son develop Gunman Taco Truck. <laughs> I remember hearing he and Brenda talk about 
that in the run up to Empire Sim launching, I think. Um, and then I, it looks like his la the last shooter he did before that was Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Commander he worked on, which I don't know anything about that. It's a Facebook game. I don't know what even he, that game played like. Yeah. I mean, he's worked as a designer and a programmer on tons of stuff, like just mm -hmm. nonstop. So, so much stuff that I wonder how significant his role was because he's doing like three, two or three games every year. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like special thanks credits. I'm sure he's like as a consultant, that kind yeah, of right. thing. Um, but yeah, that this is exciting. I'm looking forward it's exciting. to it. I mean, I feel like we think of these guys that were like the founding, you know, big important figures in the 90s as being old. You know, but he's 54. He's not an old dude. You know, he's still pretty young. Hey, for this so. industry, he is. Right, yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of people sort of, you know, bow out and go do, like, tech or whatever. But, you know, Romero was always the... I mean, and that's exactly what Carmack did. He's, you know, working with Meta. You know, he mm -hmm. works in their VR department over in Meta. Um, but Romero was always, like, the creative uh, brains of that you know, partnership and Carmack was more the, the tech guy. So I think that explains why Romero has been in games for as long as he has, as he just seemed like whenever you read anything about him, like if you read masters of doom, if you watch interviews with Romero, he just comes across as somebody that really loves video games and wants to keep making video games. So yeah, shooters have always seemed like the thing that he was most into. Like, I know that he still is like plays, you know, deathmatch with his friends all the time. Mm. So I, I'm excited to see him come back and make a full-on, you know, big FPS. Uh, the Speaking of Activision Blizzard, it looks like the merger with uh, Xbox, or I guess the buyout is more accurate, uh, could be happening next month. Yep, which is um, significantly earlier than we had expected. I think they mm -hmm. were saying June 2023, originally, or summer 2023. So, yeah, signal, like almost a year earlier than we expected, if it does indeed go through next month. Yeah, you, you'd think for various reasons, this would be a pretty complicated transaction. Um, right. But that, that is really quick. And, um, you know, I, I guess the quicker the better in this circumstance, uh, mm -hmm. because uh, largely because I think that these teams need some stability. Like they need some new guidance, new structure, whatever it's going to be. Like the sooner that happens, the better. Right. Uh, Cause they're just kind of in a limbo right now. And then there's a lot of, uh, my understanding is that a lot of leadership is unwilling to make decisions or go in certain directions because they don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, so yeah, like I, I of course hope this doesn't lead to like a bunch of redundancies or, or layoffs it doesn't sound like that's going to be a huge concern i'm mm -hmm. sure at like a administrative level at like an hr level probably um that there that's the kind of thing that 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 will happen but uh but yeah i, I it's it seems like the sooner this happens the better um because nobody's yeah. going to stop it that's mm -hmm. for sure. the, um, the is it the gwa it might be the gwa or like some big union body has now um has now put their backing behind the deal after my, this news is a couple of weeks old but yeah they um they put their backing behind the deal after microsoft announced it um it wouldn't 
block any union efforts. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they've necessarily said we support unions, right? Um, mm-hmm. But they've just said like we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna stop unionization happening. Like, right. if mm-hmm. unions happen, they happen. We're not gonna hire which... a law firm to union bust and yeah, <laughs> so stand in... at stoplights to make sure that they turn green. Like yeah, Amazon. in theory, in theory, <laughs> it would now be easier for Activision Blizzard workers to unionize if Microsoft is the one sort of like, like is the company in charge of all like union busting efforts, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to union bust. Yeah, right. but the proof will be in the pudding. We'll see what the company actually does. And of course, from a customer point of view, it will be very interesting to see what kind of impact. Uh, Microsoft has, if any, um, because, uh, you know, people are not happy about things like Diablo Immortal. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, and Bobby Kotick's head should be on the chopping block. Right. <laughs> figuratively, figuratively. Yes, he wants figuratively. To murder him in a video game. In Minecraft. No, I think, like, he should just be the first to go when Microsoft takes over. Like, it's pathetic that he's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure that will happen quickly, right? I mean, I hope so. I I can only hope that that Microsoft has significantly less um, belief in his ability to lead the company than you know the board of Activision right did. You know, I just want to see that guy gone. Yep. Yeah, that needs to happen. Uh, I wonder if the board's co- the board. Um approved committee that reports to Bobby Kotick on whether or not, you know, the culture Bobby Kotick created is getting better. Because the what the hell the, I wonder what's going on with that now. Yeah. Well I think they I think I heard they investigated themselves and found no wrongdoing. So uh, nothing yeah, to worry about good. there actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All, all clear. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna thorough unbiased investigation was done. <laughs> uh okay. <laughs> Grounded. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Grounded. Obsidian's uh, survival. Sandbox survival game. Grounded. Literal Mm. sandbox survival. You're nodding like you might know (laughs) what I'm talking about. Yes, I know the game. Grounded is getting an animated series. I think that could be fun. I think that could be good. Yeah. I I did not know Grounded was that popular. Oh, yeah, when, I, I, heard the, yeah, when I heard the news, I, I was like, really? I was like, damn. You know, <laughs> like, I was I went, cool, don't get me wrong, but yeah. When I was at PAX East in Boston in April, yes, there was a grounded panel and the mm. theater was completely packed. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. That's yeah. wild. I Yeah, I also yeah. felt like, I mean, I guess survival games, gamers are just little slots for survival games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I, laughs> I mean, I mean that one is good. It's not like it was bad, but I do feel like survival good. games tend to do well, you know, which yes. I think was a smart move by Obsidian to make one, you know. And with a small team, they did not have to dedicate a ton of resources to it. Right. It was um, also smart to do early access because that's not something that Obsidian had experienced in before. Um, but it let them build a, uh, you know, an organic community for this game which is exactly the kind of game you need a strong community for you need people making fan content for and keeping the hype alive because mm-hmm. updates are you know spread out like they had to add things slowly over time and it's finally going into 1.0 later this year i think mm-hmm. september is when like the full launch is 
Um, but yeah, so animated series from uh, Clone Wars, Star Wars Clone Wars writer Brent Friedman. Mm-hmm. Um, and you already know what it is. Little Honey, I Shrunk the Kids vibes. It's got a little more sci-fi. Yeah. There's a little robot butler guy. Mm-hmm. They're building elaborate science machines. Um, I think it sounds really fun. I genuinely think there's a lot of there's a lot of creative juice in that concept. You know, I think oh, yeah. my biggest my biggest complaint when I played Grounded, and I played it very early, so I don't know how different it is at this point. I played it like mm-hmm. right when it launched into early access. Mm-hmm. But my complaint was like there's was how little story content there was, and I am sure they've added more of that at yeah. this point. But there's a lot of like narrative juice that you can get out of that concept like you can just have episodes dedicated to them making you know devices for whatever thing like collecting household items like i don't know there's yeah there's a lot like of fun lost. stuff you can do in a yard right it's like lost right except the, giant the spiders Absolutely. right except this the smoke monster is um a dog a, a dog it's a dog it's a dog I like. I quite like the idea of taking games that are a bit less narrative heavy, though, and turning them into TV shows or like porting them to a different medium. Because I think with so many games that are really narrative heavy, they're already borrowing so much from film and TV. That it's right. like it's like The Last of Us. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure the TV show is going to be good, but right. also, it, does it need to be a TV show? Like, no. The the game is already the game basically was a TV like. Show? A long, yeah. yeah, it's basically a TV show or like a really long movie, so you don't have to do it. But yeah, something like you know, yeah, Twisted Metal and like Arcane and this, where it's obviously there are still stories in those games and like there there is still narrative there, mm-hmm. but just taking those like thinner narratives and then making something more out of them, I think is is yeah. what's interesting. Twisted Metal, I'm so glad you brought that up because. I think Twisted Metal. I think the worse that show is, the better it'll be. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I'm really hoping that show is just fucking awful, and I love <laughs> it so much. I feel like I miss the old kind of TV trash where something had a very low budget and was goofy fun. Like I wish oh, these awesome. shows were. I wish these shows were like getting made in like the '90s or early 2000s instead of now, where everything gets a prestige TV budget to make the yeah. worst shit you've ever seen. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I feel like Halo. I didn't watch the Halo show, but it seems like that show would have been more fun if it had been like you know Power Rangers level budget rather than <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like Last of Us level budget. You know. Uh, so speaking of Last of Us. Uh, mm-hmm. We are now at the rumors segment of the podcast. I need some kind of Ooh. audio drop. Uh-huh. Rumors, rumors, rumors. <laughs> uh, maybe a little Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Go ahead. You want to sing it for us? Little rumors. Um, rumors. <laughs> Rumor has it Last of Us is just like the first. Rumors. Uh, so the this is the rumor that there are no gameplay improvements in The Last of Us Part 1. And boy, yeah. if that's true, I'm going to be a salty dog. Yeah. Because the only reason in my brain to remake The Last of Us is to make it a better video game. And right. if you're just going to put some new paint on it, this seems extra stupid. I know that we're pretty divided here at the old TG mm-hmm. about whether we need more Last of Us Part 1. But mm-hmm. I thought at least 
at the very least, it would be The Last of Us 1 that plays like The Last of Us 2. And I was like, okay, I can wrap my mind around that. Right. Mm-hmm. That was a pun. Yeah. That was what I was also hoping for. It, although it seemed a little suspicious that they had not shown really any gameplay, you know? Have they, yeah. have they said? Has Naughty Dog actually said it's we're improving the gameplay? Or have they just well, implied it and people uh, have wanted it and run with it a bit? I'm gonna, I'm gonna freak out. Uh, okay, so everybody remembers at Summer Games Fest in June, yeah, and we had the Druckmann segment, mm-hmm. and he used some language that is, to me, was very clearly this is the Last of Us without the limitations that we faced the first time around. This right. is this is the Last of Us that we always wanted to make that we mm. couldn't. Because oh, the hardware yeah. wasn't there. And to mm. me, that was not just about the graphics. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're using language that, like, obviously people can take to mean more. But if it, yeah. if it isn't more, they can be like, well, we didn't actually say that. Because the thing is, right. like, I think, yeah, because there's been some uh, supposed leaks that have come out. And I think there was the, um, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't played Last of Us, what the hell are you even doing? But um, when like the, the side by side cutscene comparison of when um when Sarah gets shot, mm-hmm. and it just like they just changed the art direction a little bit, but it, yeah, it, it's done what so many remakes and remasters do, which is just they've washed all the color out to make it more gritty, more realistic. Um, they've made everyone look like just a little bit uglier, and they're like, oh look look how realistic this is now, and it's just like. Oh, but, but, it's a video game. Like it, it's fine right. that it looks like a video game. Like that's okay. And the first thing, like every time I replayed the first game, I cried at that. It's like it, mm-hmm. it hit. Like it was emotional. Yeah. Even when I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. It did yeah. its job perfectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's like okay, Joel's shirt is a bit grayer, and there's like you know you can see the kind of creases there in Sarah's face. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen those creases in a child's face. I think mm-hmm. that's how I knew I was getting older when I saw those creases in my own face. <laughs> so like. Uh... I don't really know what the point of that is. And yeah, if that's yeah. all they've done to it, then a charging a full price it, for it instead it of just seems... making it like a PS5 upgrade right. is absurd. It seems pretty um, cynical, doesn't it? Yeah. It seems apparently, pretty like creatively bankrupt. Apparently the um the accessibility options from two are being put into it. But okay, again, that's a big deal. Yeah. That is a big mm. deal. That is good. But again, the what I take issue with in that is it's like, okay, cool, that's accelerate that's accessibility but only if you can afford it then because it's like Mm -hmm. again this isn't a brand new game this is an old game that's already been remastered and naughty dog is a huge studio with like the Mm -hmm. funding of sony behind it they could like that company could have put out those accessibility options as either as like a cheap paid update or a free update and just turn the last of us remastered into you know a Okay, well, we had a PS4 upgrade. Now we have a PS5 upgrade, right. and they could and have it, sold it for ten bucks, and like that would have been so much better for consumers than this. But yeah, but mm. so now like this kind of shit makes me cynical because then I look at like the you know the annual ROI, and I think okay, Naughty Dog hasn't released a title in so many years, and we know mm. that Factions Two or whatever got delayed, mm-hmm. and so they have a window to fill. So of course they're trying to sell a $60 game. That's like <laughs> yeah. just a game you already played. Like, of course they are. 
But maybe uh, yeah. they'd have released another game if they weren't remaking The Last of Us. For but the, this is easy. Uh, I mean, it's not easy. <laughs> like, I like I, I, I do. I am concerned that so much of what I'm saying is like disparaging to the artists that spent so much time mm. on this game. I, I definitely don't think that they're like that the work that they've done on this remaster is uh, like negligible. Like, of course, mm-hmm. not. they obviously put a lot of they put a lot of time and talent into uh, making these faces look uglier, as Izzy says. <laughs> um, but that that is not a game I think people ought to buy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure they've worked really, really hard. I'm not saying like I absolutely, truly believe developers have poured their heart and soul into this. I just mm-hmm. wish they could have poured their heart and soul into something different, like into something new. Like, yeah. I mean, as Stacey's always said in all her arguments about it, like, you can play this game on any, like, on PS3, PS4, and PS5. Mm-hmm, and sure, it, run, it runs a bit, like, it's a bit more naff on PS3 nowadays, like, mm-hmm. comparatively, but PS4 runs perfectly. If you're a PS Plus member, you get it for free. Um, same with PS5. You can absolutely just go and play it right now on your PS5. Like, it's, right. it's so accessible that, like, you just don't need a PS, like, a brand new PS5 version. And from what mm-hmm. they've shown, it seems like all you really need to do is watch the cutscenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how reliable is the leaker that is talking about it I not being I... having gay. Because I saw the article too, but I didn't. I, I saw the headline, but I didn't read the article, so I am not sure about the reliability there. Like, my hope is that it is making gameplay improvements, and maybe what was leaked was sections of the game where that was not immediately obvious. You know. When's it come? When's it due to come out? It's soon, isn't it? Like it's weird. November, that, I think. Yeah. So it's it's weird that this game that is has been made twice mm-hmm. has no gameplay. Like yeah. that's weird. We're not far off launch now, and we haven't actually seen any gameplay. We have only seen cutscenes. Right. Like, but Eric, was it you who said um, who wrote the article about the uh, the E3 presentation of it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I agree with you there. Like, that's the kind of gameplay I'd actually want to see. Right. That original... Andrew, did you ever see that That original... I feel like I must have at some point, but I don't remember. I don't remember it. Yeah. So, there there was an E3 trailer for the first game in, I don't know, 2012. Mm -hmm. And it is nothing like what the actual game is. If you mm. if you just like put that scene side by side with what you actually do in that game versus that trailer, they were mm. like worlds apart. And to me, getting closer to that trailer is a very good incentive for a new version of The Last of Us. Mm. Yeah, I hope it does. I mean, I am going to play it regardless because I am <laughs> always happy for another chance to play more Last of Us. I just love the series, so, so I'll definitely play, play it right now. Get get on your PlayStation and just boot it up. Like it's that, I know, but but if I play it, if I play it, then there's a content excuse. You know, I can I can yeah. write it off in my brain. It's content. True, true. Exactly. Yeah, everything else. Be- uh, okay, last thing I want to touch on is Netflix's Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I heard which... that was. I heard you like that, but everybody else seems to really hate it. Okay, so that's exactly what I want to talk about. So okay. when, when you say everybody else, I don't think you're talking about everybody. Well, it I has think like, you're talking about gamers. Well, it has like a 22% <laughs> user approval rating on Netflix, which, which is like very low for them, right? I don't know if that's on Netflix, right? I saw that too. Oh, I thought but it, 
I thought it was like people rating it on Netflix had rated it like that, uh, but I'm not sure. I see Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 53. Okay. Uh, but where is this audience rating? Because you don't rate things on Netflix, do you? You just you give do it like a star. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. That's how it's done. And so is it like. So maybe it's just like. Maybe it's like four thumbs down to each thumbs up is maybe how that. Look, I saw it on our website. So. <laughs> I saw the headline. Okay. that That's neither here nor there. Yes. Okay. The, we are a trusted source, so we are right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix's Resident Evil has a terrible audience rating, yet is the most watched show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Right, like it, its views are uh, outrageous, while its reviews are terrible. And mm-hmm. there's a couple of things I want to say about that. One, review bombs are nothing new, and I don't put right. a lot of stock in that kind of thing. Sure. Two, I don't know what the fuck people want. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this to be like just anti-gamer for the sake of it, but Mm -hmm. the criticisms that I've seen about this show, and there are valid criticisms. I don't love this show. Like, first of all, Mm -hmm. I want to be clear about that. I'm not the Netflix Resident Evil defender. I think it's got a lot of problems, but the criticisms that I'm seeing about the show make absolutely no sense to me. I keep seeing screenshots that people are laughing at, and I'm like, I don't know what's laughable about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Or it, or if they are laughing right. at it, it's like this is shit that would be in a Resident Evil game. Like this is authentically mm-hmm. Resident Evil to me. Right. This is the series where a, a guy in a Napoleon costume tells Leon he's sending his right hand after him, and Leon says your right hand comes off. Like it's not a, it's not yeah. a, it's not a serious series. You know, what I mean, like it is melodramatic. It's like always been deadly serious and extremely goofy. You know. Right. He sends a big robot of himself to chase Leon around inside of a castle. It's nonsense. Ethan, Ethan Winter's hand comes off. He pours some he liquid on it. it back on. Immediately goes back on. Right. It's a very silly series. So when people point out the campy stuff in the show, I'm like, yeah, they did a good job. Mm-hmm. It's campy, right? Like and then The Walking Dead. Yeah. And then people, people, I keep seeing people criticize the scene where they mention COVID. Because, mm-hmm. like, one of the daughters gets bit and she's like, Do I have to quarantine? And then Lance mm-hmm. Reddick's like, No, it's not like COVID. And they're all like, Oh, how stupid is that? It's like, mm-hmm. What? What? Yeah, of course. What? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I taking crazy pills? Of course no, you I would feel... think about COVID if you got a weird new infection, right? Right. No, I think that's normal. I, I have also thought that was weird that people were making fun of that. The Zootopia porn line seemed like I don't know, if Yeah, that's a, a lot of it a lot of it is like I agree that I have not watched it, but I, yeah. I agree in theory that Resident Evil should be goofy and campy. I don't know that I would think the execution was good, which I think people are probably taking issue with the execution and blaming it on issues of tone when maybe it's yeah. an issue of just executing it poorly. Right. Yeah. It's like, I can understand why people don't like it, but the reasons mm-hmm. they think they don't like it make no sense to me. Right. <laughs> um, because it is an authentic Resident Evil show. It does not contradict the lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, much <laughs> that is very subtle things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a problem with Wesker being played by a black actor, mm-hmm. uh, go fuck yourself. I guess yeah. like I'm not going to entertain yeah. 
that I like I have criticisms of that from a narrative perspective, but not right. Because it changes the kind of eugenicist that he is. Yeah. Uh, So I honestly I don't know, man, I I don't think it's a terrible show. And as Mm -hmm. far as video game adaptations go, it's probably better than most. Um, I liked it better than Halo. Mm. Uh, I liked it a lot better than the the movie, which is, I think, what people would consider a pretty faithful adaptation. Oh, the, the Mila Jovovich movies? No, the new one. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that was a new one. Uh, in September, Welcome to Raccoon City came out, and it's pretty close to the first oh, game, yeah, the story yeah. of the I first game. F- fairly close. But, mm. like, but I think like when people talk about, like, we just want a real Resident Evil show. They're just like, I want Leon and I want Chris and I want Claire and I want them at the Barclay mansion or whatever, but we just got that and everybody hated it. So I don't know. I don't get it. Right. Um, I think it's okay to tell new stories. If it wasn't, we wouldn't have Ethan Winters and Mia. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if everybody got upset that, that Leon wasn't in Resident Evil seven, we wouldn't have had one of the best Resident Evil seven games. Right. And I'm not saying this is one of the best Resident Evil stories, but mm-hmm. it is a Resident Evil story. Like, I, I don't I don't know how you can dispute that. I think it is a tricky tone to replicate. And the fact that Resident Evil started in video games where the bar, especially in the late 90s, was on the floor for a narrative has sort of grandfathered those games in is like, you know, as like the first Resident Evil has a good story when it is like extremely goofy and like uh-huh. like if you're trying to translate that to an audience like a movie or tv watchers then you have to sort of earn that in a way that like game developers in the late 90s didn't when it came to story at least story and character you know there mm-hmm. were lower expectations so i don't know it's a it's a hard needle to thread i guess I, yeah, I think so too, because, you know, games aren't movies, games aren't TV shows. Like there, there is going to be some translation there. There's going to be some shift, uh, in tone and style and presentation. And you would not want a film or a TV show that's exactly like a game because it would be terrible. <laughs> it's <Right>. like, cause <laughs> games generally have pretty weak stories and bad dialogue. Right. Like, almost universally right right and i mean structural stuff has to happen to change too because like in a movie or tv show if you're having action scenes as frequently as there's combat in a game Mm -hmm. the pacing is going to be completely off like you just have to reconceptualize what the thing is if you're translating it to a new medium right and that's bumpy sometimes and it sounds like you know people are in disagreement over how bumpy it was this specific time I, I I don't like the dialogue because it is so CW flavored. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah. This is the uh this is from the supernatural uh showrunner who did like the whole series and it has that flavor for sure. Mm. It's very gossip girls. <laughs> um uh but that's the dialogue. If we're talking mm-hmm. about the themes and the plot and the visual style. Like it, it, mm. it matches and, you know, and, and Resident Evil has been a lot of different things over the years. Resident Evil five mm. and Resident Evil seven are completely different games tonally. Right. Um, but the thread that, that connects them, it weaves through this show too. So, 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I might check it out. I don't know. There's so much content right now. We're at peak so content. content. I don't have time to watch all this content. I, <laughs> I got to power watch some stuff. Yeah. Speaking of power watch, I think that we should talk about some video games. Uh, so stick around when we come back. We are going to talk about Stray. We're going to talk yeah. about Power Wash Simulator. Yeah. We're going to talk about Multiverses. Yeah. And maybe some more. How about that? A little that teaser for it. That you. sounds great, Eric. I anticipate an exciting section. Perfect. I'm looking forward to it. We'll take a quick break. Be right back. Welcome back. I'm excited that we actually have some games this week. It's been a whoo. It's been a, a summer. Is it? Maybe it's a, a more summer of Morb rule that we don't have a lot of games to play, and now well, the we, summer of Morb has ended. We need to give mm. we need to give room for Morbius, so we couldn't have any yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't have any games. It's not the summer of Morbius <laughs> if like you're doing something that's not watching Morbius. That was well, why Sony has not had any big games, any games until Stray. So yeah, like force people. Jared, to Leto the up, Jared Leto went up to Sony Santa Monica and was like, "Corey Barlog, listen." Morbius. You better not fucking release any video yeah, games. You better not fucking mess with some <laughs> And here we are. Uh, well, we have some games and we have some gamers. Harry Alston's here. Hello, 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 hello. Both kings. Hello. <laughs> We're gonna need a third king. You you both realize that, right? Yeah, we yeah. like that. Free watch kings. The free kings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And George Foster's also here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm not wrong, I think George got a, a nice haircut. Maybe. I don't remember. Uh, I knew it. You're looking you're looking <laughs> smart, George. Just imagine <laughs> imagine how handsome George looks right now, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Try, move on, move on. We're moving on. Uh Harry, I would like you to tell us about Stray, because this is a game I'm very interested in, and you gave it a perfect score. I did wow. give it a perfect score, yeah. It was, like we were just talking about that game drought, it was such a, a good game to come out when it did, because, yeah, it just took me, gra- grabbed me by both shoulders, and yeah, just, it's such, such a short game, really. I mean, I think I finished in about about six hours. Um, so I'd put it in, I'd put it in the same back bracket as maybe like Limbo, or, you know, those kind of short, very narrative-dense games. Um, oh, I loved it, yeah. I mean, being a cat was awesome, of course, but also the world design and the level building was, oh, it was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I spent most of the time just taking screenshots, you know, just because mm. it was so cinematic and there were so many scenes that, yeah, both through the cutscenes, cut scenes, but also when you're just walking around, you just stop and everything looks quite like well-framed. And yeah, I, I thought it was great. So is Limbo kind of the best comparison for the the gameplay itself? Um... I would draw some similarities, yeah, because of the puzzle, the puzzle solving as you go and unfolding a narrative at the same time. Um, but I think more that that kind of that kind of classic indie, dense to the point, six hours of just good, good entertainment. You, you pay for what you get, and then it's mm. finished, and you kind of move on to the next thing. You know, um, yeah, I would say that's probably the closest comparison I could come up with. You don't even have to uh, pay for what you get in this case because I think everybody on yeah, PlayStation yeah. just gets it. Yeah, is for it, the premium premium subscription. Premium? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
the middle tier premium. and the high tier. Yeah, it's like yeah. extra and premium. I think you just Ex- you can, extra you can just and premium. It. Yeah. 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 And I think I they just, they have a deal right now that you can sign up for the free trial of one of the higher tiers. Mm. For like seven days, so you could, you know, get that, play it. Yeah, you could finish straight in in seven days easily, yeah. Did you play it all at once? I played it in one sitting, yeah. Mm. I didn't think I was going to, um, but it just sort of, it just caught me. I I didn't stop. (laughs) I couldn't stop, really. Um, I think the narrative, I mean, the narrative wasn't groundbreaking or anything. The story isn't groundbreaking. I don't know if everyone here has finished it already. I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. Okay, okay. So I won't spoil the ending um, because it's you know the big sort of big surprise at the end or whatever. But you know, it the narrative wasn't groundbreaking, but I just kind of wanted to keep going to like the next bit to see like what the next level looked like, the next the next town, the next rooms. Like it was just yeah, it was really intoxicating. The music was amazing. Just yeah, everything about it just kind of pulled me forwards. I I'm curious about the story. I know you, we don't want you to. Sp- spoil it but it they've been very cagey i think through the advertisement i mean all we really see is cats and robots and cityscapes like it it is like kind of a cyberpunk setting right yes it's a cyberpunk setting it's like a a walled city based on um kowloon city which is an old abandoned fort or used to be a british fort outside hong kong where there were like thirty thousand people that lived lived inside there Mm. um packed into this dense space and so it's kind of based on that, but that kind of was demolished in the nineties. So it's got this kind of strange cyberpunk, but also like 1990s kind of C- uh, CRT monitors and floppy disks and boom boxes. And it's like, it's a very interesting aesthetic. It's one mm. that I haven't seen explored that much in cyberpunk games before or a cyberpunk setting before. So that was really, that really caught me as well. Um, and um, the narrative, I guess it kind of, it's about these robots who are trapped in a walled city and they can't get out. They've been there for hundreds of years and it's your job as a extremely intelligent cat to help them, help them escape. Basically. Is there a reason that you're a smarter cat than a normal cat? Uh, I think, no, it's not, it's not really explained. No, um, (laughs) you are assisted by a little, a little drone that, uh, helps you, helps you out. Um, who basically acts as like an ex- exposition wagon, you know, like yeah. that robot. That robot tells you about the world because you're a cat. Yeah. Um, and I think and Jade, I just I just finished reading your piece that was about um, interacting with the world with the cat is such a unique kind of perspective for a game because the robots don't know what they, what you are at first. They're kind of scared of you because um, yeah. you're this kind of bizarre creature. Um, and then seeing the world from the perspective of a cat is just so interesting because they don't really interact with you that much. I think there's a bit where you fall asleep on a robot's chest and the robot's like, what? Like, what is yeah. this creature? It doesn't hate you. It doesn't push you off. It's just confused, you know? Um, yeah, I just thought yeah. it was a really clever clever way of, 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 of playing with the perspective and so different from other cyberpunk games that I've played, you know, for that reason, mm-hmm. I think. Does the cat have any character? Um, it's a cat. That's it's a cat yeah i mean that's quite interesting no not really it leads into like the internet has kind of and even in real life like we see cats as like these mysterious mischief makers that go about their own thing and i feel like uh yeah they are like the world design and the way you interact with things like characters or puzzles they very much reinforce that like one of the first things you see when you get into the walled city it's like i think it's some plant pots hanging on a ledge by a staircase and you instinctively think oh i'm gonna knock those over 
And when you do, they smash. And one of the first puzzles is like, you knock a paint can down into a skylight, smashes it, and then you can jump down. And then you can step into the paint and make patterns on the carpets and then like scratch the carpets up hmm. or like have naps on the bed. And those little things that you assume cats do that are like quite cute and infectious, you can do in the game. And I think what's quite clever about Stray is, despite it being an abstract setting, like you'll see those things happen, you'll see those little things in the environment and think, oh, can I do that? And you can, or you can jump up yeah. environments in a way that reflect the cat in a really realistic way. And I think that's mm-hmm. why people find it so charming, or like why on social media at the moment you've got like entire accounts swinging up of like cats watching Stray because the behavior is so lifelike. <laughs> right. I think yeah. Because the campaign, at least from what I've played thus far, it's it's pretty linear. Like there is one way to do everything. Mm-hmm. But the joy comes in like exploring and doing other little things as a cat. Like that would grow tiresome if the game wasn't as focused and as short as it is. But I suppose the character is in how you do cat things as that cat. Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think like you you get you get the choice to to be a cat as much of a cat as you want to be yeah, and it's basically. the best it's the best cat i've ever seen in a video game i reckon yeah, and it, it will it might that might just be the bar set now for cats forever in video games <laughs> it really is it really is that that accurate as a cat owner myself i mean being able to walk over the keyboard or um you know scratch the sofa like it's just so it's exactly what jade said like you the devs give you what you want basically <laughs> you want a dedicated to... meow button like, yes yeah yeah exactly um, it, sounds, it sounds kind of like it's like self-insert cat so you see your own cat in the cat it's like oh my cat does that like that's how it yeah sounds that, to me. i think that's very mm. much that's probably quite similar you might try and mm. as the cat in stray like mimic the behavior of the cat you have it's like oh yeah. my cats are assholes so i'm gonna do that but <laughs> i love them anyway or there's one early moment before the once immediately after the robots aren't scared of you anymore where you can like press triangle to rub up against the, like <laughs> robotic knee or shins of a character and like a heart appears on its crt monitor face and it's like oh my god i don't know what to do but this is cute and i like this cat and lots of i'm only like an hour in like i stopped and i let him because there's a trophy when you let them have a nap i think for an extended period of time so i i got to a big city city point i suppose had them sleep and then the camera like pans out for a more like picturesque look at the environment and i let that go and it was just like vibing and playing like really lovely music and ambience so i was doing other things it didn't help with the heat wave but (laughs) and the way the cat behaves is just like quite authentic and lovely yeah yeah um and i think the game is like gorgeous what you're just saying there Mm. about the the camera pulling out it is it is very beautiful um the lighting in particular is is really yeah, spot on amazing. like the the neon lighting and the, the the neon bathed like streets and the alleyways and all the interior design is is lovely as well i mean there's like one scene clementine i, I don't think you've reached that point yet jade mm. but there's one of the robots that wants to get to the outside world and her flat is designed just beautifully inside it's three rooms it has a bathroom the main room and an upstairs like bedroom it's got like this cloth tent it's kind of what i would imagine george's university room looked like a little bit you know like with a with like a with the traffic cone with a light inside and you know like all these th- all these things hanging from the ceiling and like lava lamps and stuff and it's just yeah it's just beautiful and and the whole time you get to interact in it in a way that you're not you're not running around with a gun you're not shooting stuff you're not like 
you're not doing any of that. You're just taking it all in at like your cat-like pace. Um, yeah, I really loved it. I'd recommend everyone to 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 give it a go. It's not going to be a realistic cat experience to me unless you uh, jump three feet in the air every time somebody around you moves even slightly. <laughs> oh, there, there we go. A, <laughs> like a robot comes to life and the cat does like do a spring. It's not as yeah. high as I would have liked, but it, it does do it. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> My cat did that to me the other day. Like I think I was laying down and it crawled past me and I went to stroke it and it just fucking shot into the air. If I inhale too sharply, this cat will run three rooms. Away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I and I wonder if it if this opens the door for a more aimless cat simulator, cat life simulator, because uh, it sounds like there's definitely a demand for it now. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have yeah. like Goat Simulator, but that's obviously more of a joke. Yeah, but maybe people yeah. just want to scratch furniture and shit in the litter box, and that's pretty much it. There mm-hmm. is there is another cat game. I, I've completely forgotten it. Like it's more mm-hmm. cartoony. Uh huh. I can't remember what it's called. I, rem- I remember the. I remember the one v one game, where you're like one person's a cat, one person's a human, and you're mm-hmm. trying to stop the cat from destroying everything. <laughs> it's more like a it's more like another platformer, like cutesy one. I think I'll figure it out eventually, but. There I think I saw. Game. I think I saw a screenshot of that today, or maybe that's one that's in development. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think we'll definitely we will definitely start seeing a lot more animal related games. I reckon in the next next couple of years, especially from smaller mm-hmm. studios. I reckon because it's clear there's a market for it. Like I'd love to play as like a like a bird. That would be cool. A bird kind of simulated game. Like you get to fly around the streets that look that pretty. That would be great. Yeah, something like that. I just want a remake of um, 102 Dalmatians. Mm. Puppies to the rescue <laughs> for the PlayStation One. I want a Garfield. Phone. I want a Garfield lasagna cooking sim. Okay. Garfield lasagna nice, with sauce. Nice. PS2. Terrible. <laughs> uh, excellent. I'm going to play it not just because it's free, but largely because it's free. So <laughs> I'm excited to uh, see it uh, after Comic Con. Uh, okay, Andrew, tell us about Power Wash Simulator and try not to make it sexual. Because no. I see you freaks. I see you on Twitter talking about this game, and it's very erotic for you. I understand. It is. There's just a, an orgasmic appeal. To I get it. <laughs> so I try like... to tell us about the game, but don't make it gross. That's my only I request. feel like the more I've played of this game, the less orgasmic it is. I don't know. It's a very um, mundane game. I'm writing a piece for the site about how it is the most podcast game podcast game I've ever played. Like mm-hmm. it just there's been there, I've never played anything that it fits so well to um, you know listening to something else while you're playing it because that's and, what you uh, do while you're power washing. Just just listen right. to podcasts. Right. Yeah. You got to set the mood. um the uh it in the in the piece i'm writing i'm talking about how it reminds me of like doing sort of menial tasks like you know doing the dishes or like gardening or like something like that where you have your hands busy and your mind is like on minimal activity mode so you can focus on something else Mm -hmm. um 
and yeah, that's how it uh, feels to play. You get jobs. It's very similar to, um, you know, other simulator games. I played a little bit of Lawnmower Simulator earlier this year, mm-hmm. and this is even more chill than that because Lawnmower Simulator has like a timer that you're racing against. Like you'll have thirty minutes to complete a job. And for this, there's no timer. It just is, you know, you get dropped off in a real mucky area and you have your power washer and you, you know, watch your money go up as you clean stuff off. So, like, the first thing you do, which is like a tutorial kind of thing, is you're in a garage and you have a, you know, passenger van that you are washing off. And so you'll, you know, have different nozzles you can use on it like you'll have a very focused nozzle which is like a jet kind of spray or you'll have like you know the other ones are sort of variations on like a you know wider but less powerful kind of spray um and so as you're washing this van you'll get you know you'll watch oh ten dollars just got added to my you know money because i finished cleaning this hubcap or i finished cleaning off this mirror so i get a little extra money and so eventually you, you know, hit a hundred percent and you get all the money for it. There's a checklist that you can check at any moment if you are not sure what you still have to do. And that'll show you the percentage clean that something is and the dollar amount that it's worth. But the the van is like, you'll, you'll get these occasional like vehicular gigs that you do. Like I've also cleaned off a, a motorbike. Um, and those don't take very long, but the main gigs that you do take a really long time. Like, uh, (laughs) you are describing a boring game so perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Takes fucking ages. (laughs) It genuinely feels like incredible. (laughs) Like there have been times when I'm like, man, I like get so much thinking done when I'm doing the dishes and listening to a podcast. I sort of wish I had like a more menial job sometimes where I could just get all that thinking done. And playing Power Wash Simulator sort of feels like you signed up for a part-time job and uh, yeah. a very low stakes and you can completely turn your brain off and uh, wash some stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Do you... I was leaning forward to get to like the nitty gritty in my <laughs> The was, details, uh, yeah. I was being all gamer. Like, I'm gonna go. Do you ever feel really get this fucking? <laughs> Do you ever feel bad when you play it? Like, man, I could just be actually cleaning something, right actually now. doing the dishes. That is sort of. I mean, there was that news story this week about the guy who playing truck Euro Truck Simulator. I think has just basically built a built truck, his living room you know? into a truck. Yeah, yeah, right. Like he's got window. He's got monitors that are basically functioning as the three windows you would have in the Jesus. you know in a truck yeah and uh i mean i think yeah it's it's quite interesting like the gamifying of that experience right it makes me mm-hmm. think of the future when everyone is living inside a, a virtual world and doing the dishes you get like a you get five dollars five virtual bucks every time you clean a single dish if only real life right. was like that then surely you would get so much more done you know right oh, bucks yeah true. Mm. I used to, <laughs> yeah, that's right, James. I used to make fun of my friends for playing the, you know, the fishing video games, like the Bass Pro Shop fishing game. Yeah. And he would make fun of me for playing like Trauma Center, the surgeon game. And it's like I would have to go to school for twelve years to have the real <laughs> version of this, and you would need to spend like thirty bucks to get a 
fishing rod, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah. I have, but I you have could get of, a power washer. That's I not could get a power washer. Way. Yeah. I could get a power washer and I could clean some stuff, but I would have a hard time finding anything as scummy as the stuff that they dredge <laughs> up for you to wash in this no, it's game. It's disgusting in this game. Like, yeah, everything is just like, covered in like black ooze. Like, like it's a like. bomb hit these gardens. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, part of the reason that it sort of feels almost like a part-time job is because of how long it takes to finish these jobs. I've played five or six hours of this game. And aside from those short vehicular jobs, I've done one complete kick. I'm on the second one. I'm on the second one and I'm 90% of the way through it, but I have been playing that for two and a half hours at this point and am not. Wow. I didn't know it was that long. Wow. That's ages, isn't it? It really feels like equivalent to like, a exact equivalent to what it would be like if this was your job. It's that. Yeah, I imagine like car washing a deck probably does take hours. Mm-hmm. I bet it's good though. Imagine Do you got a bunch of different nozzles? Yeah, I, I well, yeah. hell yeah, yeah. You have um, you have that jet, like I said, and then you have other ones that are sort of variations of like you know width of the spray, uh-huh. power of the spray. Um, you, put, like, you can all... on it, right? Does it and, ever uh, overheat? It doesn't overheat. Um, you can get new soaps that help that's a thing. clean stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I think the water might prevent it from overheating. I don't know. <laughs> um, did it make you feel? Did it make you feel sick at any moments? Because I was watching videos and the camera is obviously like going backwards and forwards, up and down. And I was, you know, not like a bit motion sickness. I don't know if they've built something into the game to stop that. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think it is more that way if you. Um, put it in aim mode because then that roots you in one position and then you like are, you know, spraying all over the place. Right, right. I have like gone back and forth between playing it that way and mostly playing it in the way where you're just, you know, moving yourself and the power washer at the same time, sure, which sure. I think probably helps with that. Mm-hmm. This um, should be in VR, don't you think? Yeah, I think, although like, with VR, you would also get the experience of like being in a sweaty backyard because of how I don't know. Whenever I played VR, like to play Half Life Alex a couple years ago, and that came out, I was always like dripping with sweat. Whenever mm-hmm. I came out from it, so yeah. I don't know. It, it would be VR would be a good way to simulate like if any of you Brett <laughs> were like power washing stuff outside right now, you know. <laughs> Jade, are you digging it too? Yeah, I played it. When when it was early access in PC, I dabbled, but yeah, I reviewed mm. the Game Pass version and the console version, and yeah, I think it's like it scratches that similar itch that like House Flipper does, like Game of mm, I love House Flipper. Yeah, like yeah, it's similar. Like I think the second major level is like a garden, and it's fucked. Like this place <laughs> is filthy, and like when you first start, you're like, oh my god, this is gonna take forever, but it's super satisfying in a way where you kind of you can't mentalize the job in your head. So I started with the patio, moved on to like smaller objects before tackling the ponds, and it's like it's incrementally satisfying in a way that those games are. But where it's also like a combination of hyper focus and leisurely. I don't know. It's a really hard thing to describe. This just sounds mm. like work to me. Time very much melts away and it's quite satisfying. I will say on the console version, 
some of the UI is still quite PC centric, so it can be a mm-hmm. bit fiddly and weird. But mm. once you're in the game, like it's very satisfying, and it, it it is kind of like one of those cool down games. But there's also like some fun kooky levels. Like there's one bonus level where you can you're put on the surface of Mars to clean a Mars rover, mm. and it's a nightmare. Nice. The sand that's dirtying up this rover is the same as the surface on the planet, so it's impossible mm. to tell. You have to like go Call of Duty prone beneath this thing, <laughs> spray it up, and it, it's fun. oh yeah, that's is... very silly, but it's satisfying. That is something worth mentioning. There are three stances that you can be in. You can it's be like... standing, <laughs> you can be standing erect, you can be crouching, or you can be lying prone. So yeah, yeah, it really is like if you're playing like a Call of Duty sniper level, like except yeah. for you know washing a washing you know, stuff. playground Stegosaurus or Jungle <laughs> Jump or something. At the end of each level, there's also a time lapse of your clean. So I love that. Oh, nice! It goes into third person, and the avatar is just like I, th- I think you can customize it. I'm not sure. It's just a dude in a blue hazmat suit, <laughs> and he's just cleaning stuff. It's really satisfying. <laughs> But one paradox thing I noticed. It's the first level, you're cleaning your power wash fan, but it's fucking filthy. I was like, how did it get dirty before you put all the decals and stuff on it? Like, did you make it dirty to, like, practice? Like, I was like, yeah. something doesn't match up. Did you buy this off somebody? But no, it's, it's, it's very cool and satisfying. And I can totally see why. The internet's kind of exploded about it. Yeah, I was, I was just, I was just going to ask that actually because we talked about how many like other simulator games there have been before, and there's tons. It just feels like this one has really captured, really captured people. It's more approachable and simple than a lot of simulator games because, mm. well, Euro Trucks, you have to take into account the physics and stuff of that. House Flipper is is simplistic, but it still has quite a few. There's a lot of different stuff going and on. Small, in yeah, yeah. And small learning curves you need to think of. Whereas this, it's just, you have a pressure washer, point it at the thing and spray. Like, even if you don't <laughs> yeah. change nozzles, you're making progress. And those only have a few permutations anyway. So I think the concept is so simple and people can find satisfaction in it with such immediacy. I, I mm. think it's like, oh, try this out. And you might think it's silly, like power washing, that's work. And then you play it and you're like, oh my God, right. <laughs> it's so it's so it's obviously um satisfying in a way that like lawnmower simulator isn't because like you can see your progress so easily in this because everything is covered in like black mud and like mold and stuff so like when you get that off like stuff is like gleaming and colorful like there was a playground level that's the one that i'm about to finish up and there's like a mat, a colorful mat that is, you know, across the whole floor that's like got different colored I sections of it. And yeah, and like when you, you know, clean off one of those sections, it's like, okay, I, there's still scum around it, but like this whole yellow section is. Like, look clean. at what I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> stressful. Now that's something I could get into a carpet cleaning sim. I love those yeah. carpet cleaning Ooh. videos on TikTok. Yes. Yeah. I'd assumed that these were all by the same developer or publisher, but I was looking into it and Lawnmower Simulator and Euro Truck Simulator and Power Wash Simulator don't seem to have any yeah, this is any relationship between them. Mm-hmm. It's what? To people. 
think Future Lab made this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, in published by Square Enix, Enix I think. Yeah, that we did. Which is too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't I see that coming. Yeah, power simulator mm. code off the guy who normally handles Final <laughs> Fantasy. It's like, oh, sick. <laughs> this might win, George. Over here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put it on my Steam Deck and play it with the gyro. Make it feel like mm. I'm playing Splatoon. Mm. Nice, nice, uh, nice. Okay. Well, yeah. that's it though. When I play Splatoon, which is the first thing I think of when I think of like power washing, it stresses yeah. me out if there's any part of the map that isn't covered in ink. So I just don't it, think this is This for is me. like that, but the opposite. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in reverse. Yeah. Reverse Splatoon. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Uh, you, when you're uh, cleaning me. that lawnmower in this, you're really cleaning that lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to take stuff apart too to clean it, or you no, just wash you it just all? Gotta, like, Get in get there. Get creative. Like get. Yeah, yeah you gotta like. <laughs> like I was. That's why yeah. I think this would be so cool in VR because you could actually like try no, to stick the nozzle under the blades like, of the. Imagine having that articulation with two. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta like um like I was washing a like one of those not a like part of a jungle gym you know like the like poles that instead of sliding down they're designed for you to step up them. I was like washing one of those, and that was like the biggest challenge I've had so far because I had to like wash it from all angles, then like climb mm. up on top of the jungle gym and spray down on it, and like duck down so I could like clean the undersides. And it takes like a small amount of thinking, but it's you know just just, the, uh, just like the right amount. It's a very leisurely <laughs> game for sure. Yeah, it's on Game Pass, so another free game. Check it out. Yeah. Definitely check yeah. it out. Like, especially if your job is something where you use your mind all day at work. Like, if you have an office job, I feel like something like this is like. I mean, you could obviously just do this shit for real, and that would also <laughs> be a more yeah. useful, clean you know, house, clean your house, yeah. <laughs> right. But it does scratch that itch for me, where I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm doing something mindless and practical, and that is a nice change of pace from having to use my brain during the day. Yeah. All right, let's talk about another free game. The best free game. George, it's finally here. Thank God. Mark, Tell me I... about it, George. I know nothing. George it... knows. I've been hyper fixated on this thing for a month now. Uh, it's you, been, uh, you got to play yesterday? It's waiting, hasn't it? We've been waiting yeah. for ages. Yeah. So you don't know anything about it, Harry, at all? Not really. I know it's a, a fighting game, and I know that Iron Giant's in it, and that's about as far as my, my knowledge goes on the oh, matter. Hula that's all Velma. you need to know, really. It's, it's basically... <laughs> Sexy Velma, yeah? Is that what I saw? Yeah, that's <laughs> It's basically Super Smash Bros, but very mechanically different and free-to-play, and it's all of the Warner Brothers properties. So it's like... Uh, Steven Universe, Looney Tunes, Rick and Morty. Well, Rick and Morty is coming. They're not in it yet. Um, Game of Thrones, just all of those properties. And they're all in this one cool. big fighter. Um, and it's, I I was excited for it from the get-go just because I'm a IP you lover. Love IP. Like, I just, I just love <laughs> products. Like, um, so I was excited for it for that. And then when it actually came out, the closed alpha, and it turned out to be a really good platform fighter, just, you know, icing on the cake. That's all you need. Uh, and it's really good so far. I haven't put too much time into it. I imagine Eric's put more in. Yeah. Like, got, like an hour and a half <laughs> last night. But oh, I did play a lot game, of the closed alpha. Um, and it's just it's just amazing. Just really, really good. Uh, I've got about 13 hours in so far between... It's yesterday. 
Yeah. Bloody hell. Jeez. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like two hours. I was like, yeah, really yeah, that's more than me. That's cool, yeah. though. So it's good. Uh, it's exceptional. Uh, amazing. You, okay, amazing. You will be shocked at how, just in terms of production value, uh how clean and bright and how i mean like the music could be actual john williams score for all <laughs> i know that's how good it is the animations all the whole cast is all original actors except for steven universe yeah he Sadly. he's a sound alike but otherwise it's like matthew lillard is shaggy mm. and cool. batman and batman is george what's his name kevin conroy Kevin Conroy, yeah, it's like all of the uh, actual actors. Uh, Arya is the Maisie same actor. Maisie, Maisie, Maisie Williams. Yeah, so um, it's a, it's much more different uh, from Smash than the rest of the Smash clones. Mm. I I would be willing to say this is different enough that it it breaks free from the Smash clone label mm. first okay. because of the class system. Uh, it's mm. a, it's a strictly co-op fighter though. There, there is like a one v one and like a free for all, but it's that the core, um, playlist is two v two and it's class based. So you have tanks and support and bruisers oh, and interesting. hybrids. Yeah. 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 And you're looking for those like dynamics because every, every character has their own sort of like specialties. So uh, you know, like the support characters, some of them can like attach to you and pull you back if you fall off the stage or give you a shield uh, so that you can go in and do damage, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, and then on top of that, it does shit that Smash would never fucking do. Iron Giant is oh, yeah. eight times the size as the rest of the class. Like imagine if like in Smash, if like Giga Bowser was just a character you could play. Yeah. Or like Raffle or Master Hand. Imagine if you could just be play Master. So how, Hand. how does that? How does that impact the gameplay then? If he's so big, like is that? Is that? How does it work? <laughs> it's kind well, of busted, isn't it, Eric? <laughs> it's kind of fucking busted right now. <laughs> I found it. Yeah. He so they added Iron Giant this week with the start of the beta, and he's got a big experimental tag on him, which they, they did the same thing with Velma and Taz last Shit time, which I, I'll get more yeah. into that. Yeah, to be like, to be like, everybody calm down. We're going to see what happens with Iron Giant. It is pretty ridiculous. Like, you know, we talk about, we, in like Smash and other fighters, you talk about like playing around a character, right? Like, oh, if I'm up against this guy, I know he's going to use these kind of moves. All of that is, is bullshit compared to what you have to do to play around Iron <laughs> Giant. It's it just stands on you, surely. Different game. He takes his fist up the whole arena. If he hits you, like if you're Finn, and he hits you. His fist is bigger than you. It's mad. He, he has an unstoppable dive bomb attack that if you get caught in, and I don't mean under, I mean in his hitbox. You can be above him, next to him, anywhere near this dive attack. He will multi-hit you every frame. <laughs> until he gets to the ground but on the it's, reverse of that every other character is pretty balanced like they've done a really good job with nerfing and buffing characters as they need them so last time finn was broken beyond belief like he had he had his like his up special i was gonna imitate it with my hands but his up special could knock you out spinning a bag like 40 percent. but now he's he's nerfed and others are buffed and they're really on top of it and communicative yeah about it they it's put amazing. out patch notes for this beta that were very detailed 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I wanted a game to succeed this mm. much. Yeah. So, um, and they are, they've been very bold with their founders packs, which has been <laughs> pretty controversial. We should probably touch on cause yeah. you know, it's a free to play game. So people are very touchy about monetization mm. and, yeah. and they, they were not generous with these <laughs> founders packs because founders packs are designed for the sake of supporting the game right like like they're not value bundles they're like if you love this game and you want to support it you can get this gold title for your name and this mm. you know banner for your thing so these bundles are in us are 40 80 and 100 Damn. Which are which is pretty high. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's quite a lot, isn't it? And we're thinking and, it'd be 20, 30, 50, like the community. I was gonna say 40. 40, 40 is the bottom one. It's quite um Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what you're happily. what you're getting for that at the basic the at the lowest tier, you get uh, fifteen character tokens, meaning you can unlock fifteen characters, which is and you when you play the game, you get five right away. So basically you can unlock the current roster and then you have the next five characters already paid for. That's what the $40 tier plus like one banner and one whatever icon. That's it for 40 Mm. bucks. No premium currency Mm. or anything. You get enough for the mini battle pass. So, so this, the beta has its own three week battle pass and they give you enough, they call it gleamium. They give you enough currency to buy that battle pass. (laughs) That battle pass, I think is three bucks. So they, so they give you enough for that. Oh, nice. And then the $80 tier is just more tokens for, for future characters. And then a couple more like banners and stuff and like $10 worth of, uh, premium paying for currency. stuff that doesn't exist yet, really. Yes, because mm. the highest tier gives you 40 character tokens. So you can unlock every character that's currently in the game, and you still have 19 character tokens. That's so you're, wow. you're, you're like, a mat- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like paying 100 bucks today Why? and okay. hoping that they add 19 more characters. Oh, they will. They so will. Like, it's been... You're a, I, you're I, I like Mark, to think it's George. been so popular <laughs> so far that it's... It's this almost is, too big is, to fail. This is already dwarf, mm. I think, brawl in terms of... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Come on. Let's not do this. They're not how, even comparable. Yeah. How much does it cost to um, unlock a character if you don't have a token? Are they? It, is it available for free, or do you have to pay per so character? So there's, there's three ways you can unlock a character. One is with these tokens. The second is with coins that you can earn by playing. Now, you earn them very slow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, at the beginning, they will dump maybe a, somewhere around 3000 of these coins on you which is enough to buy a character one yeah but but then a- after that you're going to be earning if you're winning somewhere around 50 coins a match right and so and you got to get to 3000 per character if, if you plan so. on playing this long term you need that founders pass like i i've accepted it i'm going to have to buy it cuz it's and it's, then the other oh, way is to just buy them with Gleemium, is to buy Gleemium with money and then spend the Gleemium. And if you do that, it's 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 one of those, they do the wonky price thing where you can't actually buy how much you really need. Yeah, you have to over, yeah. overpay. But if you wanted to buy enough to buy a bunch of characters, they're roughly seven bucks a piece. Okay. okay. So. Which for me, like, that bad, I guess. 
monetization is like a really weird one, like Eric said, especially in free-to-play stuff, but the amount of work that's been put into each character, so they're not just... So, for example, a game I really like, Brawl Hauler, you can pay $10 for a skin, so you can get a Ninja Turtle, and they have some cool animations, but these have all of the voices, they have unique interactions with every other character on the roster, they've all got costumes, like, there's so much behind oh. each character, that's why I love it. And the costumes are incredible. So much, yeah, it's... Mm. Ah, oh, what a game! the ca- The costumes are unbelievable. So the they call them variants because they're not just skins. They're, some mm-hmm. of them are reanimated. Some of them are retextured. Some of them have different voice actors. Yes. Like oh, wow. like uh, Jake the dog has a variant that's Cake, and it's the voice actor for Cake. Like it's mm-hmm. it's like an Echo Fighter, right? But like fully yeah. voiced. Um, the legendary Batman skin is the animated series batman oh is it not the samurai one no no that'll that's oh, it's not God, even in the battle that pass one. that sucked i didn't like it uh so so it's he's remodeled to look like the cartoon like the 90s cartoon do, they, do these variants cost money as as, as well is yeah, it like a gacha system or yeah no, 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 <laughs> no there it's like 20 bucks okay skin. okay but it's, yeah. you don't have to like buy any boxes you can just if you want to no, buy it you can just yeah. you can just straight up okay no loot i can boxes. get behind i get behind that more more definitely the, yeah free to play stuff though isn't it the, 20 dollars for a skin yeah yes. yeah the three dollar battle pass has three skins on it so and it's got well. yeah. and they're great yeah you've got uh shagsworth uh, uncle shaggy <laughs> in his smoking jacket uh and then finn in his pajamas and then cake those are the three you get on the on the three week battle pass. So, yeah, and I I mean I I really I I got I have the most expensive pack. I have the nineteen extra character tokens, so I'm banking on this game adding nineteen more characters. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I would also just like to point out that I've been on board with Multiversus since the start. Um, Eric, you weren't so keen before, like the gameplay stuff. Are you, you doing the? You're doing the. I, <laughs> I'm the I real fan. <laughs> before it was cool. Yeah, yeah. Give me, I told you so. Yeah, great. No, I think it's good to be skeptical of the Warner Brothers multi IP. Whole <laughs> <laughs> thing. Let's go, baby. I'm not apologizing for looking at the uh, Bugs Bunny versus Batman game and saying I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> how long? How long has this been a part of your life, then, George? Oh God. Um, so it's been. It's been one of the worst kept secrets for about a year and a half now. Okay. Um, and it it wasn't it got leaked like around summer season last year, I think, and then they had to confirm it pretty quickly because all the details were out there, like literally everything. Um, and then it's been a really really slow ride till now because they've been they've either gone like all in and there's been like weeks of updates, like here you go, here's a playable version, here's new characters, or they've been dead silent for months while they're working on it. So it's been nice. It feels like years. Yeah, yeah, it's finally coming out. Amazing. So the early access open beta started on Tuesday, and to get into that, there's three ways you could watch an hour of Twitch uh, and get it as a Twitch unlock. You could uh, buy any of the founders packs; that'll get you in. Or if you were in one of the alphas, then you get in. The open open beta starts the next Tuesday. Um, and then everybody can play and the open beta is just going to roll right into regular game. There's not going to be any resets or anything like that. Um, oh, interesting. This is basically at, a soft launch. 
More it is soft launch. Yeah. It is soft launch. Yeah. I don't know why At, they're calling it open beta, really, but there is. I a, guess things are always changing, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be adding more characters throughout this beta before the uh, the actual. Is it um, cross platform? Yes. Although, yeah, be careful with that because the sometimes the lag is ridiculous. Terrible. You, yeah. Yeah. If you go between like PC and PlayStation. Okay. Um, but hopefully, those kind of things get worked out as the beta goes on. There's a Comic Con panel for the game this weekend uh, with the director, some of the designers, Matthew Lillard and Tara Strong. Uh, and they have promised some big reveals. So we're going to hopefully see some new characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And I'm going to be there interviewing them. So that will be up on the site. Yeah. I'm I'm talking to all five people that are going to be on this panel. So uh, yeah, we'll have that up on the site next week too. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, for sure, this is a game that you should be skeptical of, but I I, I really think it's worth playing. Um, yeah. Do you think it's a good uh, good like entry point? Because I've not really played games of this ilk before. Do you think it's a good a good entry point into the into the genre? Uh, I I think it's interesting because it's it is far less technical than Smash is. But that was always the kind of thing that I I haven't got the. I'm not. I haven't have haven't got that heritage of fighting games. So yeah. when it comes to like Smash, right, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> it's too many buttons. I just wondered if this maybe has because you talked about the you know the, the the class system. Maybe it wasn't so mechanically heavy, but yeah. It, so the the interesting thing about multiverses is that all of the characters have so much background data. They have so much status elemental cooldown like there's a lot of stuff that Almost you don't it. yeah mm. th- it's stuff you don't need to know to punch and kick but right. as you get deeper into the characters that you like you'll learn the nuances of like oh okay so this is a status that i'm building up and then when it triggers then this happens and that kind of stuff you'll you'll just kind of pick up over time but i think just sure. getting in and jumping and throwing batterings and dropping anvils on people like it's all very straightforward yeah nice i'll try it it'll be my first my first fighting game experience i think really i'll give it a go we can do yeah. it for a game tonight it's a lot of fun yeah we'll definitely we'll definitely yeah. do a next next week multiverses yeah we we'll do that it sounds good awesome uh i wanted to mention something else really quickly if we're for good on multiverses uh mm-hmm. the re-release of into the breach did anybody play Into mm. the Breach? Yeah. Into yeah, the Breach is like, incredible. Is like, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is this game came out in 2018. It is a uh, roguelike tactics puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of just... I, I have no problem calling it one of the best indie games ever made. It's brilliantly wow. designed. Yeah, incredible. Incredible game. It just got re-released with a bunch of new content, a bunch of new teams and uh, pilots and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and you can play it on PC, you can play it on Switch, but it also launched on Netflix Games, which is a service that most people don't know about because it has had very little to offer. But if you're a Netflix subscriber and you open the app on your phone, you'll find at the bottom of the app is a games tab. 
and there's just a full library. I not really a full library because there's <laughs> thirty games there, but there's a library of games that, and similar to PlayPass or Apple Arcade, they're all free. They they don't have ads. They don't have microtransactions. They're just playable games. And thus far, there hasn't been anything too special in there. There's been that League of Legends rhythm game, uh, which I like, uh, Hextech Mayhem. Uh, and then, like, the Stranger, Thing game, Stranger Things games are there. Uh, but nothing too eye-catching. But this, uh, Into the Breach Advanced Edition on, on mobile, it, it has never been on mobile before. Mm. Um, and the... The touch controls that they have added are like perfect. It, it feels like it always should have been a mobile game, and it's free because you already have Netflix or you know somebody who has Netflix. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. I, I recommended it tons in 2018, and now there's just a better version of it, and it's free, and it's on your phone. I think mm. uh, I think everybody should check it out. I and I will. It sounds it's, so good. It's it's made by the same people as made FTL, if I remember correctly. Yeah, is that yes. the same team? Yep. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. So I love that game. So yeah, I'll have to check it out. I don't know why. I don't know how it slipped me by originally. It sounds yeah. like something that'd be right on my street. And and while while it is quite a bit different than FTL, if you appreciate FTL, there's a mm. lot of DNA uh, in Into the Breach. It's uh it's really simple. It's it's a small grid, like thirty six uh, grid. You have three mechs, and you are defending against, like, say, four or five waves of aliens that spawn. And the aliens aren't necessarily fighting you. They're trying to destroy the city, like the buildings on the grid. And every turn, you see what exactly what their moves are going to be. You have, like, perfect information about what the next turn will be. This guy's going to move here. He's going to attack that building. This guy's going to go over here. He's going to do a push. And then your job is to use your three mechs to counter all of the aliens moves and survive five turns or whatever. And that's it. And, and it's, it's roguelike. So you go, as, you try to go as far as you can before, you know, the city gets destroyed. Then you start over, you carry over some upgrades and stuff from the previous run. There's a bunch of different mech teams of three and they nice. Jade's already got it installed. Uh, and, and all the teams have completely different play styles. Some are more like, uh, push oriented and, and they're about repositioning the aliens you know some are more like direct damage uh they're they're all completely different and then on top of that they all have their own pilots and those pilots have their own perks and upgrades and stuff so it's like yeah it's, it, i mean it sounds it sounds exactly like the kind of mobile game that i require in my life to be honest um yeah i've got a long coach journey tomorrow so that sounds like perfect you will, <laughs> yeah you will lose yourself in this game for sure uh, nice. it's an awesome mobile game uh wow what a great week for games and free games at that gaming yeah baby <laughs> games games uh next week we'll be back we'll have a lot of comic-con to talk about uh because surprisingly i'm seeing a lot of video game stuff while mm. i'm there uh but then on top of that we'll have like big mcu stuff to uh to talk about and uh yeah Good, good show. Other than that, I think Xenoblade. I I teased it last week, but it's actually next week, isn't it, Jade? Yeah, unfortunately, the embargo is next week, and it's also out next week. I think so. Mm -hmm. I'll have a big a big segment on that because I've played far too much. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we'll have Xenoblade, and then I think we'll have time with uh, Live Alive. I'm hoping. Yes. Oh, I'm and really the alive. the Hitman. Um... 
the new Hitman I the new Hitman map comes out in the next week, so we might be oh, talking cool. about that as well. Oh, I'll yeah, have you. I'll have hopefully been able to put some time into that. Nice. I was hoping we were going to be able to talk about immortality, but oh, yeah, it got delayed. Yeah. That got delayed. Um, okay, I think that about covers it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. Enjoy Comic Con, and we'll see you next week. Happy. Bye. 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 Bye.